Well, good morning. Uh, welcome again, everyone, here to our service. Uh, I don't know how many of you know, I have fruit trees. I like fruit trees. Uh, I have lots of them in my yard. I think it's 16 or 17. Uh, I tell people that they get kind of freaked out, but fruit trees aren't that big. So most of them, some of them are, you know, like kumquats, only that big. Uh, but I have a lot of them. Uh, most of them were planted by the original owner of the house. Uh, I put a couple in. Uh, I took out some. Uh, we don't have the Diller oranges. They were these little dwarf oranges. I got rid of the magnolia. I get it. It's not a fruit tree. Uh, the crab apple. Uh, I got rid of the persimmon. Uh, but I still have a lot, and it's what I, part of what I loved about the yard when I was first house hunting, when I first got down here, uh, it's kind of like farming, you know? You have your own personal orchard. Uh, in the fall, you can get pomegranates and dates. In the spring, you can, uh, you can get citrus, grapefruits, and oranges. Uh, make great lemonade out of Meyer lemons. And, um, but, it teaches you kind of a rhythm to things. You know, there's a rhythm to life, there's a rhythm to nature. It kind of is what it is, and you have to get used to it and adapt to it. Uh, you have to learn that citrus do not ripen off the vine. Uh, if you pick the grapefruit too early, it will not turn into a great grapefruit. It will just be what it is. Uh, and if you pick the peach too early, it will be dry and hard. So you have to kind of wait for it to ripen in its own time, and you can't force it. Now, you can help it along a little. You can give it ex extra water. In Arizona, you can always give a tree more water. And uh, you can give it extra water. Uh, you can give it fertilizer, but again, you don't want too much. You can help it, but you can't really make it grow faster. You can't really make it ripen quicker. I have to tell my kids this over and over, and it becomes a lesson in patience a lesson in humility, that you are not ultimately in control of that tree. Uh, you have to submit, so to speak, to its timeline. And if you do, there are great rewards at the end. But that's patience. In the Bible, this is talked about a lot. Patience, God's people having to get to learn, to get used to God's plans and God's time in, a, in the same way that the farmer has to get used to the tree's time, or the wheat's time, or the fig's time. James, in the book of James, it says, starting at chapter 5, verse 7, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. For the early Christians, who were really focused on Jesus' return, I mean, they were so focused, a lot of them made plans. Some went so far as to sell their houses and quit their businesses and stuff. The Apostle Paul had to come in and tell them to keep living their lives and to let Jesus' return happen in Jesus' time. That there aren't things you can do to force this or bring it about. And here we are. 2,000 years later, and we're still waiting for Jesus' return. You know, patience 
is kind of a lost discipline in our world. It's a hard thing. It's always been a hard thing, but I think it's even harder for us. You know, most of us, we don't live by the rhythms of the seasons uh, or the seemingly random times of plants and weather. Uh, we force things to grow faster by working harder, or at least we try, right? You, you, if you work in industry, you take the lever and you crank the lever harder and you stamp out the bumper harder and you get more bumpers per hour by stamping it harder and cranking it so your production quota gets met. You force it. But then you say, well, what if you can't? What if you're in a situation where you can't force it? You can't speed it up. You can't hurry it along. That putting more effort into it won't make a difference. I think this COVID thing's been a good test of America's patience. You know, we like to tackle problems head on. You know, we like to, we like to put our nose to the grindstone and work our way through it. But this one, you just can't force. You can't make it go away by working harder. The only thing you can do is step back. And if you move too fast, you know, you get more infections by doing things like opening the bars and the gyms and the nightclubs too quickly. If everybody heads off and goes and does a big family party, you get more infections. You know, here in Arizona, you know, we couldn't wait to get back to normal. I think we still can't wait to get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to normal. And we wanted so badly to get back to normal and bad, so badly to make it like it was that we weren't humble enough to understand that this is out of our control and that we are gonna return to normal on the virus's time, not on ours. And because we didn't have the patience, we reopened too quickly and the virus shot up and people died. It's why I'm not rushing to do indoor services again. As much as I'd love to be done staring into this camera, I'm not in a hurry to get back to indoor services again. It is not the time. Rushing it could spread the disease and people could die. And as much as I'm sick of that camera, I'd really be sick of having to do a funeral in front of it. So we sit back and we try to have patience and give up control and give up thinking that we can force an early return and accept that we just have to wait. And it feels irresponsible. You know, it's terrible if you're the owner of the bar because there's no safe way to do a bar in COVID times. You know, you could do takeout booze, but we have a name for that. It's called a liquor store, not a bar. You know, the whole point of going to the bar is to have the other people around. The whole point is to meet new people. The noise, the crowds, the socializing, that's why you're there. If you go there and sit in your own little solitary pod, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. And so, you know, I know the struggle with patience. We all are going through it. But what if we took a different take on it, saw it as a way to be open to new possibilities. There's a guy, uh, insurance salesman, uh, I remember from some time in Chicago. 
Uh, I'd graduated seminary, didn't have a church yet. So a guy in my dad's church gave me a job at his insurance agency selling, they sold business insurance. So they would insure your oil tanker, uh, your backhoe, your gas station, these kind of industrial things. It had a little higher premium, actually a lot higher premium. Uh, and that was what they did. So I worked in the office, answered the phone, made the newsletter, those kind of things. One of the guys in the office, I remember, uh, he, he, he had a territory kind of on the western side of Chicago, western suburbs, and he had found this gas station owner. He made a cold call on this gas station owner. And the gas station owner was from the Middle East, like a lot of Chicago gas station owners were. And so he had his gas station, he had his convenience store with him, and Dan sat down with him to give him his pitch about how great this insurance was. And so he sat down with the guy, to give him the pitch. Well, the gas station owner uh, did not immediately just whip out the books and make a decision. He said, well, let's sit down, have some tea. Tell me about your family. And uh, Dan initially was a little impatient with it, but what he did do is he figured out maybe this is, maybe there's more going on here. And so he spent the time with this guy having tea, chatting, talking about their families. He spent lots of time asking the guy about his immigration journey and life in the U.S. and then went home. And he did this two, three, four, I don't remember how many times, kept going back and back and the other guys in the sales office were all making fun of him. Dan, you're wasting your time. You know, I made three sales in the time it took you to make one. But Dan understood something that they didn't, which is that in a lot of Middle Eastern culture, you don't just do sa sales and business with random people off the street. Not something big like that. When it's something big, you gotta get to know the person. You do business with people you trust. And a way of assessing whether this is somebody you can trust is to spend some time with them. And if the guy who wants to sell you the insurance is willing to spend that time to sit down and listen and have coffee and tea with you and ask you about your home back in the Middle East, if he's willing to invest that time and the energy, then maybe I can trust this guy. And of course I'll know that he's more, he really, really wants the sale. Well, I don't know how many days, weeks into this, Dan gets the call. Yep, come on over, I'm gonna make the sale. So I made the sale, sold business insurance to this gas station. And the guys in the office still laughed at him. Aha, you got one gas station. Again, I got five, I got five new write-ups in the time it took you to do that one. But then one day, I'm sitting in the office and Dan gets a call. It's the gas station owner's, what, brother, uncle, something like that? He called. My brother said, you sell good business insurance. Next thing you know, Dan gets another call. Before you know it, these guys have a network. He's selling a whole bunch of business insurance. And he got the last laugh in the office. Because he had patience. And he took the time to let it all happen in God's time. And because of it, he ended up making a lot of sales. He sold a boatload of insurance. Dan, by the way, is actually, he actually is a Lutheran. Didn't go to my church, but he is a Lutheran. Um, 
When you're in a situation that is uncomfortable, painful, frustrating, irritating, and you don't have the power to fix it by working harder or faster, that's when you really need to have patience. It doesn't mean that you sit around and you do nothing and you just sit on your butt at home and, and you know, watch Netflix and play Halo 3. It means you change what you do from the things that are your plan and your strength and your effort and switch to the things that are God's plan and God's strength and God's effort. Like trying to force a tree to grow. You have to give it up trying to make the results happen and step back and get yourself in sync with its time. In the same way, I think that that's what patience is. It is us stepping back, putting ourselves in sync with God and God's time. And, and may asking the question, maybe part of the reason I'm not succeeding at whatever it is I'm doing is because maybe I'm doing it the wrong way. And maybe I can't see that it's the wrong way because I've been trying so hard to force it that I didn't have the time to stop and think and pray and reflect. Romans 12, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Look at what he tells this church in Rome. He isn't saying, sit around and do nothing. It's a lot of stuff on that list. It's a big grocery list. But it's not a lot of stuff that looks like what we conventionally call work. Zeal, spirit, service. Okay, serve takes a little bit of work. Rejoice. It's all stuff that you can do while you're trying to be patient. You know, you're not forcing results. You're just being. Other than serving, these are really just things that we do that don't really make much results. We rejoice. We're ardent. We persevere in prayer. How do you measure whether your prayers persevered enough? Well, there really isn't a measurement. These aren't things that have measurements. These are things you do. These are ways you get in harmony with God. We rejoice and we serve and we pray. That's what we do while we're being patient. That's what we do while we're waiting for God to bring about an answer or while we're waiting for Jesus to come. One of the things we've all had to do in this COVID time is figure out how to do things differently, especially for a lot of businesses that used to rely on people gathering in groups like churches. And it's been hard to suddenly have to shift everything on the fly to go from a person-based, meeting-based, group-based thing to all this online stuff. And it can be hard and it can be exhausting. And I realized that a big part of the stress that at least that I was going through 
and I've heard this from other people too, but I know what I was going through is trying to force big creative solutions to problems when those aren't things you can force. Creativity is kind of a thing that happens more on God's time. It's more about opening yourself up and praying and asking and kind of letting God give the answer to you. Letting the answer come, come to you instead of trying to force it. It's how creating can be a little bit passive. It's, it's not like stamping bumpers. It isn't something where you can just, you know, grab that handle and just keep pulling harder. It's a lot of adapting to circumstance. It's getting used to a new rhythm and a new climate and new seasons and getting used to it the way it is. And so I realized that the best thing for a lot of us to do right now is to go back to what the Apostle Paul said. That in this time, the best thing to do is not to try to work harder and harder, but to sit back and open ourselves to God in prayer. If we believe that the Holy Spirit still speaks, then we need to be open to listening. Patience is a virtue. It's a spiritual virtue. It's a part of our spiritual lives. It's a cornerstone to the spiritual life because it involves us giving up control and work and stepping back and letting the Holy Spirit speak. It's stopping that treadmill, that endless treadmill. And instead of trying to crank it up and crank it harder, you breathe deep and you ask God for guidance. It's looking around the world and really taking in what's there and what's happening and letting God speak an answer to you. And this is not crazy talk. I know it sounds that way. That you just sit there and the Spirit's going to show you. But this is how ideas and, and visions work. They come to us more than they come from us. They come from outside somehow. They appear to us. And they can't appear if we're not in tune with the world and if we're not in tune with the seasons and the ways and we're not in tune with the Lord and His timing. If we're so busy on this treadmill of working harder and cranking more out, then we don't have the time to stop and let God in. And it could be. Sometimes I feel that sometimes God is trying to get an idea in there and God is trying to get a vision in there, but we're too busy going and going and going to see it. We're too busy on our treadmill to see what's happening over on the side. But in the Christian life, we need patience. Patience. This is a time. This is a time for patience. And the re I hope the realization of that, I hope the thought of that will be freeing for you. I hope the thought of being patient and allowing things to happen in God's time will be something that takes a burden off your, off your shoulders. Because it has for me. To be able to sit back and say, there's a part of this I can't control, I will let it happen in God's time. I will sit back and I will listen. And that maybe 
that maybe that's the silver lining that can come of this to some extent that the pet to have that this is not a time for more work it's a time for sitting back and asking God to send the Holy Spirit and to show us the way. Amen.